0: The 394th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL wins total contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon.
1: Hi ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the most wonderful time of the year. It's Dana White Contender Series time, and this is episode 394 of the MMA Gambling Podcast, the sports gambling podcast network. It's not just the most wonderful time of the year, but we're gonna, I'm going to dedicate this episode to Yanni, because this is Yanni oh, season no. as well. <laughs> no. Yanni the Greek, back in our lives, every Tuesday night, making his amazing picks on Dana White Contender Series. Um, If you don't want to tell Yanni's um, questionable picks, we'll say, I'll be polite. Then this is the place to be because we do have a... Is he on? We know
0: he's confirmed to be on this season. I don't know
1: for sure. (laughs) I I don't know for sure. We can always hope. I'm not saying what side we're hoping for, but we can hope. Um, The man who just spoke, he is the real expert in uh, uh, contender series. I think we'll just ignore last season, maybe. I I looked at some stats from last season, but let's let let him come in and uh, try to defend his case. It's the Gumby God, Daniel Ereland.
0: You're I think good we at did this, right. I think we did last season. So last season, if you just went like money line on everything, I think the yeah. lump numbers were lower than twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one, obviously, like oh, off the charts, crazy. best year ever. Last year, if you just look at the money line and just do the oh, we put a hundred dollars on every single money line kind of deal, which you know we we've talked about, not the way to do things. Um, you probably did bad, but if you listen to our breakdowns and you made specific picks on like props and rounds and things like that, we cleaned up again. Um, I, I think everybody in the Discord was hitting uh, big props here. And, and I've broken things down this year to try to give you a little bit of extra edge uh, if you're going to do things that way too, um, give you multiple angles of things um, and, and give you maybe like some safe ranges. Because I know you guys like when I give uh, ranges on on regional picks. I'm I'm not necessarily going to do them blind like I do for LFA because sometimes the LFA lines aren't out and whatnot. But uh, I, I do have... I do have ranges that I like different people in here and stuff like that.
1: Well, at least one person in the discord loves edging. So they're going to love that you're giving edges <laughs> here, right? That's right. Some,
0: somebody's Scooby. yeah. Somebody's really into that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Someone is really into that. Um, yeah. So as Gumby said, I, I think last season you, you started out uncharacteristically uh, poorly. And then I think you, you, you pulled the nose up and, and we're hitting like four out of five. Uh, as as the weeks went on cuz yeah, 2021 were, for
0: mm. yeah 2021 was unprecedented right every week every week I was 4 out of 5 actually i think there was a 5 out of 5 in there one time too um oh no that was that was last no 2 years ago i hit a 5 out of 5 too the the jackdale week i think was a 5 out of 5 um but i would say this i i think uh, i think it started off with a couple of people who just fought very different than i expected them to because i wasn't necessarily handicapping how differently they would fight trying to impress the boss, especially after the meet Joe Piper speech. Um, yeah, that changed things for sure. Threw a, threw a lot of things off. Um, but I think now that everybody who wins gets a contract with the exception of, uh, Carolina Wojcik, um, you know, like I think she's still the only one who won off that season. and doesn't have a contract now. Um, I, I think you're going to see people return to a little bit more normalcy. Yeah, that
1: is something, uh, you have to keep in mind when you're handicapping these, will these fighters, like if a guy's a wrestler grinder, are they going to, he or she, are they going to do that? Uh, knowing that Dana White is all about stand and bang and just bleed. That is something you got to keep in mind. So, but like Gumby said, uh, after, after he blew a gasket, uh, he being Dana, I blew a gasket in the B Joe Pfeiffer week. Um, he, he became father Christmas and was handing out contracts left and right. Uh, every, every week after that,
0: yeah. um, And, and that's kind of like that's pretty much what the series is devolved to. Um, I liked it better yeah. when, you know, one or two people were getting a contract or he was just p- picking the people who are clear prospects. But I will say if you go back and you look at some of those early seasons of Contender Series um, where he was just picking one or two all the time and, you know, kind of tossing everybody else aside. They whiffed on a lot. Um, and I yeah. don't mean like they whiffed on like, oh, they should have never signed, you know, this guy or oh, they shouldn't have never signed this guy. But if you go back and you look, there were times where you were like, oh, my God, that person won and didn't get a contract like Don Lee won and didn't get a contract. Casey Kenny won and didn't get a contract. Um, Alonzo Menafield won and didn't get a contract. Um, Danny Gay won and didn't get a contract. Like th- these are just like s- some of the. Uh, Kyler Phillips won and didn't get a contract. Uh John Castaneda won, didn't get a contract. Like these Julio Arce won, didn't get a contract. So like I, I think originally we were like, you know, this is a great format. I like that they're just picking the most deserving people. And then they started to realize, like, hey, we're putting out a really high quality show. And uh and then obviously the the problems with pay, which are, you know, that that they're trying to find the cheapest people possible. But um you know, at the end of the day, I, I think they whiffed on enough that they realize there's a lot of talent out there that they could just scoop up at all.
1: Yeah, I wonder if the bean counters uh, give them a quota. You, ha- you have to assign X uh, amount of these fighters get 10 and 10 when they enter the UFC, 10,000 to show 2,000 to, 1, to uh, if they win. Um, and then they- you're going to see a whole bunch of veterans get axed very, very shortly um, to-, to clear room. So I wonder if there's a quota or if it's just, you know, data does whatever he wants. We shall, we shall see. Um, we're starting off with week one, which I guess would be the natural place to start. Uh, before we jump into that, I'm going to tell you about our Patreon. Because Sports Gambling Podcast has a Patreon now. And it's a perfect place for the diehard to gen, just like you. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. So we're not just taking money. We're giving you money as well. Plus a monthly SGPN SGP Stories podcast. SGP Stories, it's called. It's a podcast, an ad free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being the gens. There's even a discord channel just for patrons. Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great, great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sports Gambling Podcast.com slash Patreon. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. P A T R E O N. All right. Your feelings without going into specifics. Feelings on week one. Is there anything anyone to be excited about on this week?
0: Uh, this was, uh, looking at the first couple of weeks, this is probably one of the more underwhelming weeks in terms of, like, pure talent out there. Yeah. Um, I think th- there's probably less, like, high-level UFC guys in the future here. Um, I will say it was a good one for odds, because uh, I kept—I'm yep. uh, going to be honest. There's a, there's a couple of these fights where I kept watching tape and being like, am I just really in love with these odds, or— if there's something I'm seeing here. And so like, there's a lot of these fights where I was like, it's wild that the odds are where they are. It's wild that they're this close or it's wild. that They're this far apart or, you know, like, so I think, uh, I think there's lots of opportunity for making money here uh, on this one. And uh, I'm really waiting on the props. The props aren't, haven't hit the books yet, but uh, I'm going to be pretty excited when those hit too. Fantastic.
1: We are here to make money. Um, disclaimer off the top. I'm, I'm going to make fun picks. I have not watched tape like Gumby. All I did was a, like basically a biographical background on these on these fighters, and uh, and who they beat and when and all that type of stuff. But I want to see how my picks do. Just putting out fun picks, so that is a disclaimer. Yet I'm still going to kick Gumby's ass, despite all the hours you put in. I'm going to beat you just to make you angry. Is that is that a good thing for a friend to do? I think it is.
0: I mean, if you're just going to blindly make picks and <laughs> pretend that you know things, it'll be just like the other 400 episodes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so I will make I will make him very angry. All right. Tuesday, Contender Series is starting. Contender Series 2023, Week One, Tuesday, August the eighth, seven PM Eastern, from the UFC Apex on ESPN Plus. I believe it's on TSN up here in Canada, and we got five fights. It's a fun breezy fight card, and we get some good commentators on it too, which is always a nice uh, nice plus, right? I mean, sometimes.
0: They're not, I mean, like, D, 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 DC, on DC, DC oh, doesn't sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get so many great jokes if DC's on it, so. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, we're going to start with Flyweights. Kevin Borjas, or is it Borjas? Borjas. Borjas. right? Yeah, Borjas. Borjas versus Victor Diaz. We got a Peruvian versus a Brazilian. I will tell you about the uh, Peruvian first. Borjas, El Galo Negro. Do you know what that means?
0: The black chicken.
1: The Black Rooster, you almost sure. had
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> he is eight and one with eight knockouts. He's been submitted one time, so he's never gone the distance. He's won three straight fights. He's not lost since December twenty nineteen. Is regional champion. Seven years younger than DS, he's at plus two eighty. That's impressive. He's never gone the distance, that, and he's a flyweight, so that is uh, that's something you don't see very often. DS is Pakoka. Do you know what that means? Mm, I think I remember, but I don't. Nope. It's a kind of peanut candy in Brazil. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't, definitely yep. don't remember.
1: So why he's named that, I don't know. I'm assuming he probably eats it or ate it at least once. That's usually how these nicknames happen. You know, you do something once and then that's your nickname for your life. So um, Gumby turned green once and got really stretchy. And voila, his name's Gumby. Uh, all right. Diaz, 11-2. One knockout, six submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's won five straight fights. Three of them, three straight via submission. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Minus 395. So some big odds here. I'm going underdog, Dan, just for the heck of it.
0: I am too. Um, Whoa! See, I know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Borges, Borges out, of, out of the gate here. In uh, not just because uh, I'm swinging wildly and I think these odds are nuts. There's a couple of reasons to really like Kevin Borjas here. The first one being Victor Diaz is the third or fourth guy they've had Boras lined up with. Boras was supposed to fight Joshua Van. Who eventually, you know, just made his his showing in the, the UFC and looked damn good doing it. Um, then he was supposed to fight Hickson Zinedine, um, who couldn't get a visa from Brazil. And now Victor Diaz is stepping in on short notice here. Um, and then the other reason why, other than just the short notice, is I, I think Boras's resume is a little better. Like, I, I know he was fighting an Inca FC, which we made a joke about in the last yeah. episode. Um, but like, Victor Diaz has fought like. Yes, he is the Titan FC flyweight champion, but he's fought some like real low level dudes in, in there. Like, you know, his, his last title defense was over a guy or or no, actually that was up at Bantamweight, that, that Tiago Bello fight guy who's nine and six, uh, before that 10 and nine, uh, we're talking about 11 and eight. Um, actually the 11 and eight guy now is 13 and 11, uh, after a few more fights, He fought Cleveland McLean, uh, who's 17 and 10. Like, it's not like he's out there fighting a bunch of killers in Titan. Um, Titan is kind of not the organization it used to be. It's kind of falling down on times. Then from a stylistic standpoint, if you watch both of these guys fight, Kevin Boras is very light on his feet. Um, He's got a very sharp one-two combination that's very quick. He does a really good job of catching kicks either to the body or to the legs and then returning a straight right right down the middle. Um, he does have some decent leg kicks on his own. His sprawl is all right. Um, I would say if you're, if you're worried at all about him losing this fight, it's that you're worried about him being taken down and, and not winning. Um, but like once he gets comfortable too, he like really starts letting his hands go. Um, and, and he also, you know, I know we talked about this in the last episode about people being comfortable on the bottom and just accepting being down. He doesn't do that. He works to get back up no matter what. And, and Diaz is a guy who's striking not terribly good he throws a lot of naked kicks just like one kick and done which as i said is something that boras excels at countering um his strikes are really wide he looks really tired after a round now the obvious concern here and i think the only reason why his numbers is where it is is because he is very good at jujitsu um if he can get you down which sometimes it takes him a while to he likes like high body clinch Takedowns, um, like body locks and stuff like that, which I don't know will work necessarily against borjas but that's what he likes the best. Um, but once he gets people down, he's sharp with his jujitsu. He can keep you down. He can backpack you. He's got a lot of choke finishes, arm triangles. I think Boras is probably good enough to stay upright. Um, But, like, if you wanted to cover your own ass in your bet on Borjas, you probably could find even money on Diaz to win by submission. And, again, the props aren't up yet. But if the number on Diaz by submission here is is nice, too, you could probably play both sides of this fight and just taking Borjas or Diaz by submission and, like, winning something no matter what. So, um, officially, if you like my money line play here, I'm going with Borjas. I don't think there's any value on Diaz at damn near four to one. Or uh negative four hundred rather. But like I-, I also just think he's going to be the better Borjas here is gonna be the better striker. I think he can pick him apart. Yeah, I was I was
1: based mine just off of resume, so I'm glad that you uh you actually confirmed that that was probably probably the-, the play to make. And there that's the type of breakdown you're gonna get for every fight. Gumby will tell you exactly how to how to play it. Um so that is what you're coming here for. Let's move up a weight class to bannon weight, Peyton Talbot. Reyes Cortez, a couple of Americans going at it in Bantamweights. Weights. And I will tell you about Cortez first. Junior Cortez, Tracy Cortez's brother. Uh, the nickname is JR, aka Junior. He's seven and two with five knockouts, never been finishing a fight. 0 1 contender series, 0 1 LFA, 1 0 on the uh, Cage Warriors. He's won two straight fights and four of five. He won his last fight via TKO slash knockout. Um, used to fight up at uh, Featherweight. He's at plus 120. Talbot five and zero with five knockouts is a regional champion. Six years younger than Cortez, three inches taller. Minus one forty two. I'm going dog again. I'll take Junior Cortez.
0: So before I make my pick, I would like to just uh, I, I would like to speak to the fine people who run uh, UFC Fight Pass for just a moment, and okay. I'm begging you, pleading with you, imploring with you, to just find a uniform way of putting people's names in, so that when I go looking for a fight, I can actually find it. Because the amount of times I looked for a Junior Cortez fight only to find out that it wasn't in there because his name is Reyes Cortez. And then once I got ready and used to typing Reyes Cortez, finding out that the next fight I wanted to watch with him in it was Junior Cortez. Uh, and they just, just flip flop back and forth enough so that if I want to watch enough film on him, I, I got to be on my toes and remember that he has two names. Please, just for the love of God, work on that. Um, and get this. Uh, I'm going dog too. See, uh, yeah, I know um, what I'm doing. I like uh, I like Junior or Reyes-Cortez, whatever one you like in this one. I know Peyton Talbot is like this hot prospect that people are all jacked up on because he's, look, he's weird. Uh, you don't see a lot of 5'10", 135 guys, right? He he That's yeah. lanky. That's a really weird shape. And and he bounces in and out and he's like, it, with especially with the big hair. If you haven't seen a picture of him yet, he's got like a huge, like Alex Caceres ass af, afro here. Uh, and he bounces in and out but the problem is, is his head doesn't bounce in and out. His head stays right there on the center. The only thing his head does sometimes is when he's striking, it leans forward ever so slightly, but it doesn't move down or to either side. That worries me. And the fact that he's not particularly fast for a Bantamweight, um, you know, being long and lanky is great and it gets you a lot of places, but also like if you can't back up, up with speed uh, sometimes you get caught. Like that's, that's what we saw with Mondays this last week, right? Like, You can be tall and lanky, but if the shorter guy is going to be faster than you, sometimes that's fine. Now, the other thing I think here is in play is that I think people are overrating or underrating Cortez because of the fact that he lost on contender series. First of all, let's remember he lost to um, C-Rod, Christian Rodriguez, who wound up looking very good. Um, But also in that fight, when he wasn't getting the best of striking exchanges, he brought C-Rod to the fence. He held him there, worked for takedowns, scored a little bit. OK, ultimately lost rounds, but showed he's a more than competent grappler, which, by the way, C-Rod, not an easy guy to grapple, as Raul Rosas learned. So knowing that Cortez has got that, first of all, very important. Also, I think he hits harder leg kicks than Talbot does. I like the fact that he switches stances all the time in, um, you know, I, I mentioned the wrestling of, of Cortez. Talbot was losing his last fight. So he fought for uh, Uriah Faber's A1 combat. And he fought this guy named uh, Kristen Rivas, uh, who's from, from uh, Ecuador. And, and he got taken down pretty much at will for the first two rounds. Was clearly down 2018. Opened up with his strikes in the third round. Got a TKO finish. That's why we have him here. And not coming off of a loss looking for another fight in, in Uriah Faber's A1 combat. And I think Cortez can mimic a lot of the things that Rivas did in that fight. I think you're going to see him, you know, first of all, with good pressure, which I think is really important in this fight. Second of all, with a bunch of takedowns um, and, and like control. Uh, and I think if he does that, it might not be the most exciting win. But look, this is a guy who who lost a close-ish fight last time on Contender Series and has since gotten a lot better. Um, uh, specifically at his head movement and his striking since then and finishing his takedowns. Cause I've watched a few of his fights since then. Uh, Cortez has gotten quite a bit better fighting. Uh, I, I believe he's been fighting in Fury FC and actually I think he had a cage warriors fight when they went to California. Yeah. He um, did. yeah. And he, he's gotten way better at those, uh, since then. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I think Cortez is the smart pick here, especially, uh, you know, again, I, I don't mean to keep just taking dogs, but at the dog money here looks good.
1: Hey, we're on an underdog roll, and we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. These things always seem to sync up. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And, of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Media 4, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Let's see where we're moving to next. We are going way up to the big boys. Are these chunky guys, though, Dan?
0: Um, loose chunky.
1: Loose chunky. One, one, is,
0: one is real chunky, and one is loose chunky.
1: The see if you you all can guess who's who. Caio uh, Machado, Brazilian, but he's Canadian now. We're going to adopt him, uh, perhaps. We'll see how he does, <laughs> then. Then we'll decide. He's versus. He's fighting Kevin. Zaflarski is that right? Yeah, Zaflarski. Yeah. I seem to butcher the Polish names for some reason, but yes. He's Polish and I did not butcher it. As I said, heavyweight fight we're going to tell you about uh Za Zaflars- Zaflarski first. leave the Canadian till last. He's a uh, Zaflarski's 11 and 1, four knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out once. He's won 11 straight fights, so he got knocked out in his debut and he's not lost since. So that has been April 2017 was when he debuted and lost. He's not lost since then. He won his last fight via TKO. That was back in May of 2022. He's a regional champion. Used to be a super heavyweight. Um, so based mm-hmm. on the last weigh-ins, he, will be, he was 16 pounds heavier than Machado. Uh, he's also two inches taller. He's at minus 110. It's the pick-em fight. Machado, Bigfoot, is the nickname, 7-1-1, one, one, four knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. He's won six straight fights. He's not lost since November 2018. Four straight fights via finish. Is regional champion minus one ten. I'm going with the Canadian Machado.
0: Well, we're going to differ on this one. I'm going to take oh, okay. Uh and, and I uh, I like Machado um, as a human being quite a bit. He was on Top Turtle uh, a couple of weeks ago. Very very nice guy. the The problem with me is if you watch the film on Machado, uh, he comes out throwing crazy wild strikes, and and it seems like. The only reason he's trying to throw those strikes is because, damn it, he wants to be in the clinch and he wants to try to hit a takedown. Um, And and in the meantime, he's just going to throw like, uh, you know, I'm going to give you another Simpsons reference since I hit these two weeks in a row. Do you know the 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 hockey episode of the Simpsons where uh, Bart and Lisa decide they're going to fight each other um, before they have to play hockey? And he says, I'm just going to move my fists. And if you should happen to get in the way. Uh, then so be it. And like, that's yep. kind of how Machado throws to start a fight. He just windmills his arms until he's close enough to grab you or you happen to get in the way of his hands. And so if you watch, is like, actually, for a big fat guy, a very composed boxer. Uh, like, he's got a very nice boxing stance. Uh, he's, I don't want to say light on his feet, but light-ish on his feet. He's good in and out. Um, anybody who shoots on him, he's got really nice, uh, underhooks. He immediately shoots those cause he knows he's a better boxer than you. And also like, he's actually pretty nice on the ground when it gets there too. Like if he wants that trip in the clinch, he gets it and it's pretty good. Um, his pressure against the cage is really good. He's got good counter wrestling. Um, and, and Machado again, like I said, like I, I like parts of his game, like his jujitsu is good. Like he hits, he's gotten a couple of arm bars two times in a row, but both of them have come from mountain in kind of like risky ways. But luckily his opponents were just like exhausted and he hit them. I think his, his resume is maybe a little bit deceiving because while he's fought a good guy or two up in Canada, like the last couple of guys he's fought have been pretty bad. Like he fought Lee main twice. Um, Lee main, uh, 12 and 17 is a pro and looks like he's 400 years old. Um, he fought Edson Lopez last time, 17 and 8, and not a nice physique. Um, and the only guy he's actually fought, which is Dustin Johnson, um, he got beat up pretty bad in that fight. So I, I think Zaflarski, I think he should be a favorite. Let's put it this way: when I after I take this, and I was like, oh man, they're they're a mods. odds. Uh, Zafarski should be able to beat him. I'd probably play him all the way up into like negative 150 or more. Um, I think there's value there. I, I he was a dog. For a brief moment, I don't know how long he was a dog, but he was a dog for a brief moment. Now that it's at a pick'em, I'm pretty comfortable there too. I think he's going to just be so much sharper on the feet and just stuff the grappling here.
1: righty. we're differing, but as I said off the top, I'm just picking, making picks blindly for fun here. So we shall see. We shall see. Uh, I'll brag if I win though. Uh, <laughs> All right, co-main event. They don't call that, but it's in the second of the top slot, and it's lightweights. Tom Nolan. He Australian or is he New Zealand? Let me see. Um, He's oceanic. He is Australian, yes. And he's yeah. fighting Bogdan Grad, who is where, Dan? Austria. He's Austrian. Austria. Right. He's from Austria. And this, as I said, this is at Lightweight. And I shall tell you about who's the underdog. Grad is a slight underdog. He's 11 and 1, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's won five straight fights. He's not, not lost a fight since September of 2020, plus 100. Nolan Big Train is a nickname, 5 and 0 with three knockouts. He's five years younger than Grad, six inches taller. Minus one hundred and twenty. Give me the Aussie, Nolan. What did you say the odds were again? Minus one hundred and twenty, plus one hundred.
0: And plus one hundred is on grad now. Yeah. Oh, that's flip flop from when I uh, I last looked. Um, right, let me
1: check again
0: as we. No, speak, no, I I should. checked. I checked Saturday oh, morning. So so if if you checked after Saturday morning, that's uh. Yep. Yeah, you're you're more accurate than me. I, I'm going to go grad. Um, okay. another, another... I can give you plus 105 for him now. How's that sound? Oh, even better. All uh, right. Yeah, I just keep taking underdogs. I, I feel like I'm wildly swinging here. But um, look, I, I think Bogdan grad is not going to be the best striker in the world. He's kind of got wild swinging punches. But I really do love how powerful he is once he's in the clinch. Um, and how strong his double leg, like he's got a really nice double leg and he's up against the guy who's very long, right? Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, Talbot being lanky, no one equally kind of lanky. He's six foot three at 155 pounds, which is, you know, real weird length. Um, and he uses like that push kick and Muay Thai stance that kind of you need when you're that tall, but also like if he throws that many kicks, I think grads just going to get a piece of them. You know what I mean? Um, and also like no one only kind of opens up his punches and really starts to throw when he backs somebody up against the cage. The problem is, is that I don't think Bogdan grad takes a step back ever in a fight. Like he just continuously moves forward all the time. Um, I've also seen it where no one's been held against the cage for a really long period of time. Um, he tries to throw knees, but like sometimes that just gives a lower lock on the takedown, which I think is what grad's going to be looking for. Um, And while grad is not known for his striking, he does have some very fun, like spinning heel kick finishes and stuff like that. So like he can, he can bust that out when he needs to, um, which can be tricky to deal with. I will also just say in watching film for this. So I I love Bogdan grad. I love him at the dog money. Uh, I I would say this is probably the hardest fight to pick. So if you were going to, you know, if Bogdan Grad winds up at like negative 130, negative 140, I'm probably off that money line. I, I don't really want to play this one unless I can get dog money on somebody. Um, so, like, even if Nolan popped up into the dog market here, I might maybe dabble on that. But I, I think this is kind of uh, two newbies who are maybe uh, a little bit hard to gauge. But I will tell you, when I watched uh, Tom Nolan last time, he fought a guy named Aiden Aguilera at Eternal MMA down in Australia. And uh, if you click on Aiden Aguilera's Tapology page, it doesn't list a nickname at all. But if you watch us fight in Eternal MMA, he does have a nickname, and I wanted to share that with you guys today. It's the premature finisher. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for sharing that with
0: us. Yes, Aiden Aguilera. If you watch Eternal MMA thirty or seventy four, is called the premature finisher. <laughs>
1: There you go. See, Gumby brings it. He's bringing it this episode. All right. We're going to bring you the main event now, shall we? We shall. Um, it is middleweights, 185 pounds, Cesar Almeida from Brazil versus the fellow Brazilian Lucas Fernando. Is this a worthy main event, Dan, based on this card?
0: I think so. Lucas Fernando okay. is uh, is a guy who's been in LFA uh, for yep. four fights now, and, you know, depending on which time you're watching them, it's looked good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I'll, I mean, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Cesar Almeida in a second, but he may not have the MMA chops that we're used to seeing, but he's got some yep. other chops in there. So.
1: All right. Let's break it down. Almeida. Cesina, C-E-S. And then Ina. Gumby. Little. Little garbage. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. He came up as basket. So maybe a little basket perhaps. It's it's yeah a I, interesting I, nickname nonetheless.
0: All right, yeah, little basket.
1: <laughs> okay, he is three and zero with three knockouts. So yes, as Gumby said, not a heck of a lot of MMA experience professionally. He has not fought since in MMA since December of 2021. He's been busy doing kickboxing, where he is a champion. That is the other realm Gumby was alluding to. He's at plus two twenty. Fernando nine and one five knockouts two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Four and zero oh in LFA, and it's the champion there. He's so won four straight fights. He's not lost since August of 2020. He won his last two fights via knockout or TKO. He's to fight at welterweight, nine years younger than Almeida, three inches taller, minus 298. Give me the favorite high-level MMA experience and way younger.
0: I'm going to take Almeida.
1: Ooh, uh, I, you are dog
0: crazy. I just week, went dog crazy. But look, so listen, he's fought nobody in MMA. And I do mean nobody. His first two fights, zero fights, zero fights. The second guy or the third guy he beat, 5 and 28. That guy is now up to, I, I am happy to report, has now gotten his sixth win in his six and 31. Uh, but <laughs> Cesar Almeida, for those of you who don't know, is a very high level kickboxer. And I do mean a very high level kickboxer. He fought Donovan we- Weiss uh, twice in very competitive fights. That dude is a super high level dude. He's also fought Alex Pajeda three times, including one win. This is a guy who beaten Alex Pajeda in a kickboxing match um, and gone to decision with him three times because they just went toe to toe. This dude hits like an absolute truck. Um like he hits so his right hand is so powerful. When he hits somebody, um, he's durable. He's taken a beating from like, you know, like in those kickboxing matches. He's never lost by knockout in a kickboxing match, to my knowledge, and he's been in there with dudes, right? But also, he knocks people out because he hits so freaking hard. And, you know, sometimes if I was, you know, handicapping a kickboxer coming into MMA, we're actually going to talk about one in the future. You got to ask the questions like, can he defensively grapple? He's never had to in an MMA fight. I can't find good film on him. What do we know about what he's able to do? You know, from the most part, all I know is he's now at Extreme Couture that's where he's been learning his takedown defense and learning on his sprawl and all that kind of stuff. Is that enough to be who he's facing? And if you look at Fernando, like a lot of Fernando and what he does is, is all upper body uh, because he's so long. He doesn't shoot really low takedowns. Like if you watch that fight with Janzy Silva, a lot of his takedowns are like upper body takedowns. Um, he is like a decent wrestler but, like, he also kind of, like, leans way in when he's striking. You know, kind of like what I was talking about Talbot. Um, he, like, leans forward when he's striking. His head movement's not great. Um, he he moves forward all the time. But, like, maybe in a way that seems easy to counter. And I'll just say this. Like, it's just going to take one punch from Almeida to turn the lights off. It's just going to take one time for him to decide to uncourt that right hand when Fernando moves in he's going to land it flush and he's going to score the knockout. I, again, another prop I'm just looking out for when it posts Almeida by knockout even if it gets me an extra you know, you said 220 was the the money line? Uh yes. Even if, yep. even if it gets me up to 270, you know, even if it doesn't move it too much, like that's his path to victory here is to just throw that big bomb. Um, And, and unless Fernando changes the way he shoots the takedown, gets in on the legs, or unless Almeida comes in here and is 80 times worse at defensive jujitsu and defensive wrestling than I thought he was. Which, by the way, I'm going to caveat this by saying there's a real possibility he just like has worse takedown defense than... Any fighter we've ever seen before Um, that he he looks real terrible off of his back. But if he doesn't, if he's got a shred of takedown defense here and forces Fernando to stand, I think he catches a hand. And and worse, that to me is worth 220. Now, if this gets closer to even, that's probably when I start to get off of Almeida. Um, But at this kind of value, like I I think he uncorks the right hand and, and scores it.
1: All righty, there are your winners. I will give you all of Gumby's uh recap with all of Gumby's picks because his are the official picks. He's got Almeida as a dog. He has got who do you got in the next one, Grad. I got Bogdan Bogdan. Grad is a dog. dog. Yep, Zla as a pick 'em. Uh, he has got Junior Cortez as a dog and Borjas as a dog. You got all dogs except for one pick 'em, is that right? Yeah,
0: that's it, man. Oh, oh, boy, oh, boy. You seem a little nervous about it. Those I those am, because breaths. I I mean, I will say just like, and, and I didn't want to be the guy who just was like, pick all dogs on the first episode. Um, Like after I taped them and I kept being like, I like grad in this one. Uh, well, I like, you know, this one. I don't feel like I could pick against Delmeida at that kind of value. And like, I, I just kept watching him and being like, isn't there a favorite I was supposed to pick here? Because you know, when you go through a whole card, right? You've gone through a whole UFC card before and been like, "Ah, oh, shit, I have all favorites. Uh, I got to find a dog somewhere. This almost felt like the opposite. I got done and I was like, did I just accidentally take all of the dogs? I was like, I did. Shouldn't I have found a favorite somewhere? And then I went back looking and I was like, wait, what am I doing? If like two two of these hit, it probably pays for itself. And I feel like all five of them are going to hit. So uh, let's let's roll the dice on week one. Yeah. Oops. He picked all dogs. Shucks, eh?
1: Yeah. Oops. Oops. All dogs. <laughs> oops. All dogs. Hey, there's a good title right there. It was going to be Yanni season, but maybe you, you can't, oops, all you dogs. can't
0: say oops, all dogs in the title. Who the hell is going to listen to it? Oh,
1: that's true. <laughs> Yanni season. <laughs> Yanni season. It is then. All yeah. right. Thank you. Uh, happy Yanni season to everyone. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the contender series. Get in the discord and chat with us if you're not in there already and get in on our uh,
0: contest too, while we're at it,
1: yes. you know, it's in the yes. uh,
0: SGPN app.
1: Yep, go in the SGPN app, enter, what is it, pick them for every week of Contender Series? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, we're,
0: we're going to have every single week. There is a, a tiebreaker that you got to get in on on the first week. So uh, make sure you get your picks in there now. Um, and you're going to pick the winner and uh, method of all of these. So there is a little bit extra, uh, a little extra gamesmanship there. All righty, awesome. So do that. Um,
1: chat with us in the Discord, sportsgamingpogus.com slash Discord. Get the app, obviously. Uh, SGPN app is Gumby say Go to sportsgamelypodcast All the good stuffs there. Join the Patreon. Help keep the lights on uh, for all our podcasts. Uh, what else shall you do? I give you lots of uh, lots of uh, jobs you have to do at the end of every podcast. Twitter we're SGPN MMA. Jeff Fox Writer. Gumby Vreeland. Uh, Instagram I'm Jeff underscore Fox underscore Writer. And my Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Get in there, get a free or a, a very cheap paid subscription so you can unlock everything. Enter my pickem contest every week on there. Except this coming week, I am not going to run a pickem. Um, I don't have enough prizes to give out, so you have to wait till the pay per view in two weeks for another pickem. And what else should you do? Listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Gumby has lots of contender series people on at this time of year. Uh, do you know who's on it this coming week, or is it going to be a surprise?
0: So I know one for sure. I got Isaac Dolgarian on this week. Uh, I'm also scheduled to have Damon Blackshear on, although he's now waiting on an opponent because Brady Heastan pulled out. So if he finds another opponent in the next day, it'll probably be him. But otherwise, I've got a uh, couple other contender series guys that are going to be making appearances. So uh, keep keep an eye out for that.
1: So Brady Heastan's a premature finisher as well, Dan.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, he never got started, so.
1: Well, you, you, man, um, you have,
0: you,
1: you, know what you said. It makes my joke is good. It makes uh-huh. sense. All right. Um, we'll leave you on that. We'll be, when we coming back Wednesday, how about there's more UFC to break down. We got another UFC event this coming week. So we'll be back Wednesday. Maybe we'll talk some contender series on Wednesday, tell you how great we did the night before with, with our picks. Well, at least with Gumby's official picks. So you can take us out of here Gumby. All right, I'm Daniel
0: Guby-Freeland. He's the Brazilian peanut candy Jeff Fox. And we (laughs) will see you on Wednesday.